I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in Episode 150 five of the dynasty debates the best kept secret in all of dynasty fantasy football i am your humble host as always evan brown the humblest host in the biz some say you can catch me over on twitter at ff evolution like revolution but with my name evan at the start you get it it's a whole thing follow me over there if you so wish you can follow the show at dynasty debates or if you're not on twitter i get it maybe you should be but i mean hey i get it you can drop me an email dynastydebates at gmail.com. So in other words, there are many ways to get in touch, get involved. Let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show. Guys, today is a beautiful, beautiful day. Not only do we get to talk dynasty fantasy football, which let's be honest, that's always a treat. I have one of my favorite guests of all time making his triumphal return None other than the director of Dynasty Deals, a.k.a. Russ Fisher, a.k.a. Dynasty Schmidt, a.k.a. Dynasty Outhouse over on Twitter. He is the DLF podcast director. He is the host of the Trade Addicts podcast. And most importantly, he is a good human being. Russ, how the heck are you, buddy? Oh, I'm fantastic now. Like, I I mean, even if I was feeling a little deflated before, I'm just, you know, super pumped up now. I was going to come in and make a joke like, you're you're the most humble. No, I'm the most humble. But then, like, you started saying nice things about me. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm not humble at all. These all things are very true. Mm-hmm. And I hope that you can, for the listener, if you've never heard Russ, which is crazy to me, you definitely should go check, check out the Trade Addicts podcast and all the other amazing shows that he's on. Hopefully you can see why I call him the the Schmidt of Dynasty. He sounds so much like Schmidt from New Girl to me. It's unbelievable. I just like to imagine Schmidt um, wheeling and dealing in his Dynasty leagues. It is quite fantastic. So yes, uh, I was actually reminiscing with Russ pre-show here and he was one of my first ever guests. This really funny little backstory if you're maybe newer to Dynasty Debates, if you've only been following along for a little while. Um, I kind of had wanted to create a podcast for ages. Love podcasts, love the platform of podcasting. And I just sort of was hemming and hawing and not sure. And, um, you know, I was like waiting to like maybe find the right co-host and things like that. And I just realized that if I didn't go for it, I was just never going to go for it. And I think one of the things that actually finally pushed me to do it was an interaction I had with Russ where I can't even remember. It was something he said on Twitter or maybe it was something I said. I can't remember. But either way, I had made a funny joking comment about like, hey, I'm, I'll am i start a podcast if you'll come and you know be a guest for me or something like that. And he literally said, start the podcast and let me know and I'll come on. And That is literally part of the backstory of how Dynasty Debates actually started. Um, It kind of just finally gave me that push in the right direction because, you know, when you're starting something new, you always have that sort of imposter syndrome where you're like, nobody's going to want to listen to this. Nobody's going to give a crap about my opinion. No one will come on my show and talk to me. Um, It does not go away. (laughs) So yes, Russ was kind enough to come on. He is an absolute gem of a human being. Um, Really, really bright mind in the Dynasty space and knows his stuff. So I'm excited. We are going to do a really fun episode here. So a lot's been going on so far in the offseason. We kind of had 
been doing a recap of the 2022 rookies because I think that's important. I think transparency is important. I think accountability is important. So we've gone back. I talked through kind of my pre-draft rankings and th- and then like we looked at where those guys had actually performed, what we thought of their futures, things like that. It's been a lot of fun. Go back and check out those episodes if you didn't hear them already. But in the middle of all that, so throughout kind of like January, we're into February now. There's been an awful lot going on in the NFL landscape. So a lot of hirings, a lot of firings, a lot of movement on offensive coordinators, head coaches, and that really impacts players and teams. So I thought it'd be really fun to go through some of those some of those changes, some of those things that have happened, get Russ's insight on them. And then, of course, you don't have the director of Dynasty Deals on the show and not talk trades. I mean, I love talking trades anytime, especially love talking when Russ is on the show. So we are going to just pick his brain. I've come up with a good list of questions here that I think maybe, you know, I would have wanted answered when I was newer to Dynasty. I probably still want answered now that I play Dynasty because let's be honest, Russ is probably a lot smarter than me when it comes to trades. So I'm certainly going to be taking my pen out and writing down some answers. Hopefully you will too. So it's going to be a great show. Before we dive into that, Russ, is there anything that I missed out here? I know you're involved in so many amazing things. I know you're the podcast director for DLF and I know you do the Trade Axe pod. Is there anything else you want to do kind of shout out or anything mentioned there at the top here? A uh, big thing right now is as we head into the Super Bowl, Fantasy Cares. Uh, if you go to fantasycares.org slash donate, if you donate, if you don't know what Fantasy Cares is, by the way, it's, you know, what all of the, you know, the Scott Fishbowl stuff goes to. It's a lot of us in the fantasy community you know, you donate to Fantasy Cares, then we go do shopping for Toys for Tots and, you know, give kids a whole lot of presents for the holidays. And, uh, but we became an official 501c3. Like we are a nonprofit, like we are a charity, like for reals now. So if you go right now, fantasycares.org slash donate, every donation, you get a gift of a square in our Super Bowl pool. So another thing, you know, it's, Especially if you're not a fan of the teams that are in the Super Bowl, it gives you a little bit something else to like, you know, not to watch for. Because I assume if you're listening to this, you're a football fan, so you're watching anyway. But like, you know, something to root for, something even if it's not the teams. And in this pool, you can either get an awesome shirt that has the Fantasy Cares logo and it says "I'm a winner" on it, which I think is hilarious because I want to run walk around in a shirt that just says "I'm a winner" on it. And of course, uh, spot into Scott Fishbowl thirteen. So. Head over to fantasycares.org slash donate. Every single donation, you get a gift of a square in the box. No, a square in the pool. Box and square, same thing. The pool is the big thing. Donate, square, pool, t-shirt, Scott Fishbowl 13 spot. The end. See, what did I tell you guys? I spent this whole intro just like gassing Russ up here saying he's a wonderful human being. And what does he do? He talks about fantasy cares. He talks about charity. He talks about giving to others instead of kind of pumping himself up in his shows. So this is what I'm talking about. He's a great guy. Go follow him. If you don't already check out his work and definitely go and donate to fantasy cares. Every little bit helps. Absolutely love that. So Russ, we are, we're going to dive in because honestly, there's been a lot of changes and I'm really curious your take on it. I know I have some thoughts on myself and then I'm really excited to talk trades. So I hope you're ready for a nice six hour long pod. Oh, I, I mean, I haven't eaten. I just started <laughs> drinking water. I was doing push-ups, and, you know, like when they were filming 300, you do all those crunches right before so your abs are nice and shiny. Like that's me right now. I, my abs are nice and shiny under – you can't see it on camera, but they're there. Trust me. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Here we go. Spilling the tea. 
we have a lot a lot of changes so we're going to run through some of these changes here and again just going to throw it over to ross get his kind of initial thoughts takes um and then we'll just kind of bounce it back and forth here maybe highlight some of our um, concerns or some of our expectations for these teams so in no particular order whatsoever sean payton is the new broncos head coach uh, he has signed a five-year deal there was a trade involved including a first round pick so yeah the broncos have doubled down um they had a pretty disastrous season last year they tried the first time coach thing didn't really work they've now gone for you know the old hand the guy who knows his stuff the guy's been around the block a few times in my opinion i mean look they were already all in. They just doubled down. It makes sense to me. I think it's a positive thing. Obviously, we'll have to see how it works out. I think it's a really good thing. But what are your initial thoughts? Like, how do you feel about Sean Payton in Denver? Well, I just love it because we know Sean Payton can do well with short quarterbacks. And Russell Wilson is, I believe, three quarters of an inch taller than Drew Brees. So, I mean, the sky is the limit or like 5'11 and three quarters is the limit. Uh, like, this is great. Like, it's it's funny like I love it when teams trade away their firsts like it's the same thing in Dynasty where it's just like I can take a risk that I'm going to draft the right person or I can just go get Russell Wilson you know clearly that offense was crap this past year and it had something to do with Wilson I assume he had to not be playing his best but there had to be a whole lot more to it because he did Pete Carroll's system is not a quarterback system like Russell Wilson was not good because he was playing for P Carroll. Russell Wilson is just very good. So bringing in Sean Payton and again, spending your first to do something, you know, will go well, like because Sean Payton has shown that he can coach up teams in cap hell, which the Broncos are not great cap wise because the saints just never had any cap money, always traded their firsts away also. So it's a very similar situation. So I think this is great because Sean Payton is good at offense. So I, I really think that there can't be negative to this. Like this, this is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you pretty much everything you've said there. And the nice thing was the Broncos had already traded away their first. Uh, so they actually traded away the first that they got from the Dolphins that was the 49ers pick. So it's like the 30th pick or the 29th pick. So it's a very late first anyway. So it's not going to really like, it wasn't going to magically fix all the problems that were going on. What they needed was a good head coach. And I think they went out and got literally the best head coach that was on the market. You know, they tried the the first time head coach thing didn't work. Um, I actually wrote an article that went out today from dynasty nerds. That was all about, you know, Peyton and the new being the new head coach there. And so, yeah, I'm very much optimistic. I think what they've been needing for a long time is their offense to get clicking. He's an offensive guru. Um, it should, in theory, really help them. So moving on then, because we don't want to just be a Sean Payton podcast, Tom Brady re-retires. So apparently he is done for 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 good this time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, first of all, Russ, do you believe he's actually done for good? And do you agree with me? Because I said on a podcast last week, I said, look, whatever happens, just don't drop him off your rosters just yet, you know, in Superflex. Like, just, just hang on to him because we went through this last year. I remember people literally cutting him and then like a month later, other people grabbing him for some fab and it was not fun. Can I tell you a deep, dark secret that is not a secret whatsoever? Yes. I dropped my last share of Andrew Luck at the beginning of this season. <laughs> so, no, we do not drop Tom Brady anytime soon. 
because I don't care how old he is. If the dude wants to come back and play football, the dude is going to come back and play football. And this can, there's no reason that this can't be the exact same thing where he's just like in like three weeks, he's like, okay, cool. 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 What, what, what do I do now? Football, please. You know, like there's, is he done? Probably. Do we expect him to be done? Probably not. So yeah, absolutely. Do not drop him. Just hold him there. Uh, if you're going to trade him away in Superflex, you still should get a set, like a late second. Like, I don't think I'm trading him away for a third. Cause at that point you might as well hold and hope that he comes back. Uh, but I would, I, yeah, for a third. If someone's willing to get rid of him for a third, sure, just in case. Why not? Yeah. But I don't think I'd go just like getting rid of him or spending too much to go get him on your team on the off chance he does come back. Absolutely. No, I agree 100%. And then next uh, next man up here is D'Amico Ryans. So he's actually gone to Houston. They got rid of Lovey Smith. Um, now, the interesting thing to me is that it's a six-year contract, which is – that's a very hefty contract. So mm-hmm. it does make me wonder, you know, they've been a bit of a one-and-done for the last few years. They've been a bit of a mess, kind of a roller coaster there. Um, are they being a little bit more serious and, you know, instrumental in how they're going about their business? Is this something they're genuinely planning for the long term or is it just something they had to to try and kind of lure him in because he wasn't coming over for a one- or two-year contract? What are your thoughts on it? And – um, with him being a defensive-minded head coach, does this make you any more or less excited for the Texans' pieces or potential pieces that could be there? All right. whole lot to unpack on this one. Um, first of all, Demico Ryans played for, for Houston. He was so – like, he was one of those players that it's like, if you could give any player a clean bill of health for their whole career, like, he's what he was that good but got hurt that much. <laughs> you know, like, if he could just – he would have been – like probably I don't know about hall of fame level, but all pro every year. Like we would have known his name every single year. Like just that's how good he was. Uh, He, okay. So what I'm really surprised was that they fired lovey. And the thing is they probably fired him because they won that last game. Like that is all the only thing I could think of because hiring him was actually a very good idea, even though he is like the definition of like mediocre. Like, he goes down with, like, Marvin Lewis as, like, cool, stay the course, just keep going. It doesn't matter. We're not going to lose fans because of this. And that's exactly what they needed. They needed, like, Ron Rivera in Washington. Like, that's what they needed. They needed that older coach who was a player's coach who will just keep the locker room together as they do this rebuild, as they break it down, as they start to build it back up. And then you go get someone like Ryan's. I really honestly think they just got really angry they won that last game and they just got rid of Lovey Smith. And then this was probably the plan anyway. So they just did it like a year or two early than, you know, when they really planned. And I think it's a great move. Like I'm loving this hiring pretty young guys who used to play that are probably what, like Ryan's probably played five, seven years ago. So he doesn't like, hasn't, he's not 60 he's still pretty young can relate to these players that are playing now. And it's like the whole Mike Vrabel thing. Like Mike Vrabel knows that he's a defensive guy, doesn't go near the offense, but he runs that team and the people on the team love him. And that I think is what matters. And that's what I think that they're trying to do. And I, I think it's a really good idea. I think we do see more of this going forward, kind of like, Jeff Saturday being the interim coach in Indianapolis. 
clearly he was not going to be the coach going forward. But I just, again, it was to hold the locker room together for the rest of the season for a guy that they knew the players would love. So I, this doesn't worry me whatsoever about the offense. They draft second, so even if so, even if Chicago is smart and trades back and gets a king's ransom for that pick, they'll still get either Young or Stroud, whoever's sitting there for him. They're going to get one of these quarterbacks we love, and this does not worry me whatsoever for that. Like I guess I don't remember. Did, I assume they also got rid of their coordinators. I. Honestly, it's the Texans. I don't pay attention until like they get the pieces we care about, and then I'll start thinking about it. But like that's what really matters. Like if they can get a smart enough offensive coordinator that can call plays, that can run the offense, like yes, that then I would be all in for that. Yeah, no, I think I really like the 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 point that you made about him being having those ties to the organization. You know, I think that's really really cool. And I do hope, you know, because I do, I do really hope. I feel like the Houston Texans, you know, fan base has been pretty <laughs> done, pretty hard, uh, been pretty hard done by the last few years, several years, really. Um, so it would be lovely to see them start to turn it around and be less dysfunctional, um, sort of like the Jaguars last year. You know, bringing in a good head coach that actually steadied the ship and start making some smart, you know, business decisions. I think you're right as far as like Lovely Smith. He was very like safe and vanilla. I don't think he was ever going to be like this, you know necessarily going to build them into this amazing dynasty but at the same time i don't think he was like a terrible head coach he was just garbage at what he did i mean he's obviously a very smart defensive minded head coach um done a lot of really interesting and good things in the league so i, I think they could have easily run it back with him a couple more years especially because like he didn't have a very good roster to work with on the offensive side it wasn't like he was trotting out you know uh patrick mahomes and tyree kill or anything like that every week so Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully it does. Um, you know, hopefully it does mean good things for the Texans. Hopefully they're in a, a, a better position. So moving on here, um, they have <clears throat> the Cardinals are still in the hunt for a head coach as of this recording. So we don't have a head coach, but they have got a new GM. So Monty awesome for it for the Cardinals. He was the previous director of player personnel with the Titans. So, um, obviously you may not have too much to talk about with this one so far, but do you have any thoughts on this whatsoever? Just even the whole idea of the changing of the guard, Cliff Kingsbury out, um, you know, this whole changing of the regime. Do you feel like this is good vibes? Do you feel like this is a bit just up in the air? Where are you at with like Cardinals pieces? Well, it's really funny because the Titans got rid of their GM and then they brought in a guy for the, I believe it was the player personnel guy from the 49ers, which was brilliant because if anything, the 49ers have always had an insanely good roster. They just need to work on their strength and conditioning coaches because those guys get hurt a lot. Um, this is the opposite of that, going and getting the player personnel guy from the team who couldn't put a roster together. Uh, I'm not super worried, really, in the long run, because it seems like that there was once where they went and got out Steve, got Steve Wilkes, but even still, their offense was always very similar. Like They brought over Bruce Arians, and they're just like, from now on, we are passing the ball all the time forever. And they, they've done that for the past maybe 10 years. So I don't think they're going to go away from that. They have Kyler Murray, and they are stuck with him for the next few years anyway. And they just traded for Hollywood, and that connection with him and Kyler still there. The rest, and I really like Trey McBride and Zach Ertz. So like, I, they don't have a reason to go away from the passing game whatsoever. So I'm not really worried about any of it. I just... Would love to see a few easy, nice picks coming for the Cardinals, like some smart, safe moves. Don't 
go out and do something ridiculous with a high ceiling, low floor, because that will worry me, <laughs> you know, even if it does hit, it's just like, all right. I mean, like, just go get a nice offensive lineman, just play it nice and safe, a wonderful safety or something. Just don't, don't go crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I'm not a Cardinals fan, so it's not like an insider thing, anything like that, but I, I am pretty happy that they've decided to make this change. It's just like, you know, it gets that stage where you're like, look, best will. I thought it was a very weird situation last year where they give like contract extensions. To these guys, I was like, what have they done or proven that makes you want to say, yes, these are our dudes. So I'm, I'm just glad they didn't go for that sunken cost fallacy where they're like, well, we've already extended them. You know, we've already given them this money. We're just gonna have to play it out for a couple of years and see how it goes. So at least that's a positive. It looks like it just feels like it's been chaos there for the last couple of years. Nothing really, you know, going in the right direction, nothing really getting, getting moving. So hopefully they'll bring a bit of uh, continuity. Again, like you said, it is a weird situation where the Titans got a new, we'll, we'll just talk about that now because, you know, kind of is in, in line with what we're talking about. The Titans get a new GM, but they don't, you know, really promote from within. Um, they actually let him go. He goes over to the Cardinals. So that is a bit of a head scratcher. It makes you wonder what that whole situation was. Um, but yes, Ron Carthen, new Titans GM, previously 49, 49ers director of player personnel. You've already touched on it. It seems, you know, on the label, uh, it seems like a really good hire. Certainly seems like an interesting move. And again, nice to see them shaking things up, trying some new things. Do you think, just quickly, the only thing I was going to ask you, do you feel like, have you heard anything or do you have any feelings or thoughts on the potential idea that the director of player personnel going over there now being the GM, does he maybe try and make a move for Trey Lance in the offseason with all the uncertainty around quarterbacks and things like that? It's fun to talk about whether it's true or not. Like that is honestly the same, like the first thing that went in my mind was like, all right, cool. So, I mean, it sucks that Purdy tore up his elbow, but you know, maybe again, they hold on to GQ until their young quarterback gets healthy again. And then, you know, they cycle the same stuff. And I have to feel like at this point, what was it, 21, 22, we're going into 23. So we're going on year three of a quarterback that was drafted. What was it like third overall that they paid like a first to go up and draft. And they, they've seen him for what, three and a half games. Like if you can get a first for that right now, I feel like you take that sunk cost and walk away. And of course the sunk cost thing is called the sunk cost fallacy. So it's the wrong move probably, but if anything, you have Mr. Irrelevant playing like at least a third round pick, which I think any half the teams in this league would be thrilled to have. So especially because it fits their style of play perfectly as well. It would be a lot of fun. That's really all I got. I have not seen a thing about it, but of course it's the first thing everyone thought of because Tannehill ain't it. They seem to believe Malik Willis is not it because they started Josh Dobbs. I think it was over him in the playoffs. So either, I don't know, man, like it would be fun. It really, really will be fun. And I am excited for as long as they keep Traylon Burks and Derrick Henry for this year. Like I am excited to see where this goes because they had a, the 49ers have a very good front office when it comes to building rosters. So it was a very smart move to snag one. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, like you said, it is just conjecture at this point, but it is fun to kind mm -hmm. of think about and speculate and kind of try and connect the dots a little bit. Um, an interesting move that I haven't really even heard a lot of buzz about. Maybe I'm just not 
paying attention to the right sources, but Frank Reich landing with um, the Panthers as their new head coach, you know, straight away after being sacked uh, by the Colts, five-year contract. So, you know, obviously had a bit of a reputation as an offensive dude, uh, quarterback whisperer, you know, some say, uh, what's your thoughts? I mean, what are your vibes? Are you excited for Panthers nation? Are you skeptical based on how things finished in Indianapolis? What do you think of the quarterback situation? I mean, I hope their quarterback of the future isn't on the roster. Let's start with that. You know, like I, I loved Sam Darnold coming in and it was for the same reasons that he was terrible. He was fun to watch because it's okay. Pass, bad pass, good pass. Okay. How did he make that pass? And then he throws an interception, like a really, really dumb one, like closes his eyes and just throws the ball right to alignment. Like it was Sam Darnold was a lot of fun and you, you were hoping he would tone back on those horrible, horrible mistakes, learning from coaches. He's what, like, that was 2018-ish? I can't even remember anymore. Um, so we're talking like five years, six years in, and it's, it hasn't happened. So it's probably just not going to happen. And I don't even remember who they have on their roster besides him anymore. Like, PJ Walker was a thing for three seconds. Baker's gone. They drafted Matt Corral last year in like the right. third round, but he was on IR all season. So he didn't even get a chance to play. Right. So that could be a sneaky That'd little option. Um, they traded for Baker Mayfield and then ended up cutting him. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think Baker Mayfield's an option no. for that. Oh, you know, I said they got rid of Baker. Um, I, I blame the Colts season very little on Frank Reich. Like he what he did very well considering what he had in front of him. You know, they kept bringing in decrepit quarterbacks. Like, look what he did with Carson Wentz as his quarterback. And then look what Washington did for, well, a couple of weeks before he put himself on the IR again. Like, Frank Reich in a new job is a good thing, even if it is only for a couple of years, because it's it did the same thing every single job he's he's gone to. It's been like three years of we're excited, and then things get stale, and then whether he's scapegoated or he really just is time to move on from him, they move on from him. So I'm excited because we want these players on Carolina to do well. Like everyone is just ready for DJ Moore to actually get a quarterback and to have that potential just out there for the world to see. And maybe this is it because Frank Reich is one of those creative, you know, coaches where it's just like when you have these players like, Terrace Marshall coming in or, you know, Visca, Kadarius Tony, all of these, like they could be really good if they go to the right coach. Reich is one of those coaches. So, and, you know, Tony going to Andy Reid is also completely off topic, but exactly what we've always wanted. So I'm a little excited for that as well. So I think it's absolutely a good thing. Am I boosting anyone's values? No, but it's taking that blah feeling and making it more cautiously optimistic. And that's something. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that one thing I've really realized over the last couple of years, it feels like we've really, as a maybe as a just fantasy football or dynasty community, we really underestimated just how important good coaching yeah. is to the overall, you know, uh, quality of the offense, quality of the product that's being put out there, and how much we can rely on our offensive pieces. You know, I mean, look at even just like I've, I've talked about it already, but you know, look at Peterson and the job that he's done in the Jaguars in one year, you know, like literally people were done with Trevor Lawrence after the first year because of how badly urban Meyer screwed the pooch. Um, and 
he's coming in there and all of a sudden everyone's remembering why he was supposedly the best prospect since Andrew Luck, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, so for me, yeah, I agree with you. I think that that's a really good point. I like the fact that in my opinion, definitely the most excited I'm, I've felt about like a head coach for Carolina since, you know, well, in a long time. I mean, because Ron Rivera was what he is now. He's just a safe, like, yep, yeah, he's all right. He's okay. We know what we've got. Um, you know, that's okay. That's, you know what I mean? It's nothing like you were never excited. You were excited about Cam Newton. You weren't necessarily excited about Ron Rivera. So I feel like, yeah, definitely positive vibes. Reich is there. You know, hopefully he's given a good sway in how he builds his personnel, how he builds the team out, because they certainly have a lot of needs, but they have a nice young team as well. And they have a really good and upcoming defense, which is nice. So yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty positive about it. I think it's a pretty solid move. Kellen Moore to the Chargers. That excites me personally. I'm a big Justin Herbert fan, love the dude. And I've been just, it's been killing me. Like this last year was just awful to watch like Joe Lombardi just destroy, try his level best to destroy Justin Herbert, um, one mediocre yard per attempt at a time. But, you know, obviously there's kind of a mutual quote unquote parting of ways with Kellen Moore and the Cowboys mixed results over the last couple of years. How much of that was Moore's fault? How much of it was the head coach as well? Hard to say, but in general, are you optimistic with this move for him and especially for Herbert and the Chargers as an offense? I think it's going to be great. I loved Kellen, like I remember when Kellen Moore was promoted to OC and night and day, like they were a ground and pound, boring Zeke getting 36 touches a game. And then all of a sudden they're quick passing, passing more than running, which honestly is good for someone like Zeke until, you know, later in the game when you start grinding. But like clearly Zeke wore the hell down and it happened fast. But I really always liked Kellen Moore's offense and the issue is he's walking into the same problem that I think got him fired or mutually parted ways was Dak was there. Dak was good. Justin Herbert's better, but then cool. I have Amari Cooper to throw to. Cool, cool. Oh man, Michael Gallup, he's doing really good. Oh, he got hurt. Oh, cool. We have CD Lamb. Oh, we just lost Amari Cooper and, and Gallup got hurt again. Like they just, and then Schultz kept getting her like, I. It's it, like give these quarterbacks someone to throw to. And then the exact same thing in Los Angeles, where I think that's the first time I said Los Angeles that quickly, instead of going to say San Diego, then having to catch myself. It's been a really long that. time <laughs> and I still don't get it. I still say San Diego yeah. all the time. It's like, I just wish they would go back to San Diego. It felt, it feels stay, right that they'd be the San Diego. Stay in Los Angeles. I don't care. Just call yourself San Diego. That, that's all I care about. You know, but what I have to say, yes. that, that's all I care about because I don't live over there. So it doesn't really matter to me. Youths. Yeah, the youths. This is, I'm in New Jersey. We say youths. We, we exactly. don't say that, but it, I guess the media says we do. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, man, I got completely sidetracked. Oh, yeah. And then Kellen Moore and the Chargers. The lack Chargers. Of healthy I love Keenan Allen. Hashtag team, Gump, team Clemson, big wide receiver. I love Mike Williams. They can't stay healthy. And. Yeah, Keenan Allen is getting up there. And while I don't think it really matters for the way he plays the game that he's getting older because the dude is just such a crisp route runner, it doesn't matter. But they need better than Josh Palmer and Dion Carter and names I can't even remember because who? You know, like they need to spend either big in free agency or draft early. And if they do, like this, this offense can be you know, Herbert's rookie year. Like it can just go off. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm excited about, I, like we said, coaching is so important. So I'm excited that they've prioritized getting a really good mm-hmm. OC that's done some really fun things, but I agree with you hundred percent. Mike Williams never really has been able to stay healthy. He's just like a boomer bust, big play dude. Keenan Allen's awesome. Love Keenan Allen, but he is what 30 now. And you know, he, you just, you've got this amazing quarterback who, in my opinion, one of the top five or six most talented raw talent quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, You just need to get, you just need to sell out and get him some weapons the way that they, you know, the way that the Dolphins went all out and tried to like stock up for Tua. I mean, going out and getting a Tyree kill, going out and getting Jalen Waddle, you know what I mean? That kind of, that's what I would love to see for Justin Herbert. That would be incredible. So yeah, I am positive, but yes, there's still work to be done. Moving on now, this is a bit of an interesting one and I almost had, didn't even realize it happened because I think it happened in the midst of some other moves. I'm really curious to hear your take on it, Russ, because I don't even know fully how I feel about it. Mike LaFleur, uh, parted ways with the New York Jets after a fairly disastrous couple of years there. A lot of it could be down to Zach Wilson um, and there has to be a scapegoat when a thing like that doesn't work out. But he's now the new Rams offensive coordinator. So he is with the, you know, the the kingmaker, Sean McVay. So what are your thoughts on this? Is this a good, you know, positive vibes? You feeling good about it? Is it a bit of a head scratcher or you're not sure what where he came from anyway? I mean, he was part of the McVay tree, so it makes perfect sense. Um I don't think it matters because it's still going to be McVeigh's system. It's still going to be whatever it is. And again, man, this year was just awful when it came to, when it came to staying healthy. But if that team can stay healthy, you, you lose your quarterback, you lose Cooper Cup, and you're just like, okay, well, let's just coast for the rest of the season and figure it out later. And they were smart. They shelved Cup for the rest of the season. I'm, uh, you know, dollars to donuts. They absolutely shelved Stafford and probably spread those false suspension, not suspension, uh, retirement rumors just to justify him not coming back anytime soon. You know, so I, I love what they did. Just let this year go away. Hopefully Stafford comes back healthy. Cup should for no reason, you know, there's no reason for him not to come back healthy. So to get back into a comfort zone with a guy who knows the system, again, only good things. Yeah, I mean, I I find it really interesting because he sort of followed Shanahan around for several years, didn't he? He went like the Browns to the Falcons to the 49ers, and then he went with Salah to the Jets. And so now he's with McVay. So it's very interesting. I knew it was one of the two, and I'm just like, pick a horse and go. And I picked the wrong one. Yes. No, but I mean, I do think it's, I actually think it's really interesting because Shanahan, obviously we consider to be one of the premier sort of like offensive minds and then McVay's one of the other ones. And so he's been with Shanahan for years and years. He follows Salah to New York, doesn't work out there. He's kind of made the scapegoat and now he's with McVay. So you're sort of like, that's really interesting. Could give him a really interesting flavor and mix on his experience. It could be a nice opportunity really for him to kind of regain a bit of, you know, a bit of a prestige i guess because like you said he's probably gonna really be second fiddle there i mean mcveigh's probably gonna do a lot of the heavy lifting he's probably just there gonna be helping support certain aspects of it um but then again you know that's what kevin o'connell was doing and now he's done a really good job in the first year there for the vikings so i think it's good for him personally mike lafoy i think that's a really great move for him uh for his career it'll be interesting to see how it plays out there for the rams because it's been such a weird year with like injuries and all that kind of stuff for them what about so i know what i feel about it but what are your thoughts on bill o'brien um now he's back with the patriots so he's kind of the official offensive coordinator now for the patriots um does this do anything for you as far as 
you know, feeling more positive about the Patriots moving into next year, their offensive pieces, or are you sort of like just nonplussed? If you were hired as the Patriots offensive coordinator, it would be a step up because they didn't have one Thank you. before. I love you and all, but I just don't know how good of an offensive coordinator you would be in real life. But I, I assume you'd be pretty good. But like, we have this horrid picture of Bill O'Brien in our heads because of what he did to the Texans. But you just got to remember that was player personnel. That was him being the GM. He's a pretty good coach and a really good offensive coordinator. So I think this is great. Now, of course, they still need to bring in people to catch the ball because they don't really have that. <laughs> but like, I think this is great for Mac. Like, I think this is very good for the team. Again, I see no downside on this, getting a smart guy in there again. You know, another yeah, another no, I, I think you've absolutely... For the bunch. Yeah, you've absolutely nailed it there. I mean, I do think it downplay downgrades their chances of signing, um, trading for DeAndre Hopkins. But I do, I do think in general, you know, um, I, I do think in general that he is a really good offensive coordinator, and I think that that's a really sneaky under the radar thing because Mac Jones, like, honestly, showed some promise in his rookie yeah. year. He was consistent he was uh had good completion percentage he was actually a top 12 pff quarterback his rookie year had a lot of things going for him certainly a work in progress but somebody that you could you know and then last year was just a disaster it felt like they really set him up for failure so i think everyone's just out on mac jones now but i think he's could be a sneaky buy low at the minute in super flex leagues because i do expect that offense to take a good sizable step forward with bill o'brien at the helm hopefully they re-sign jacoby myers hopefully they can actually get some some offensive production going whether it be through you know, paying another couple of tight ends or whatever it is they're going to do. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it is a positive and I think it's kind of one of the underrated sort of moves at the minute of the offseason. Now here for me, I really, really want to get your take on this because I genuinely, I just don't get it unless, unless we're reading the tea leaves here. Nathaniel Hackett gets sacked for doing such a terrible job as the Broncos head coach. He can't even last one year. Then he signed immediately by the New York Jets, um, who had to let go of their offensive coordinator because he apparently, you know, is the one they're blaming for doing such a terrible job. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't end up a New York Jet, is there any other reason why you would hire Nathaniel Hackett? Zero. So are we seeing this? Are you seeing this as I am as like them like rolling out the red carpet trying to get Aaron Rodgers to come over to New York? Yeah, and it makes sense too because the Packers have come out and said they're not trading him in the NFC, and like the Jets accidentally almost made the playoffs like they were doing really well without a quarterback and sorry mike white people out there yes it was a very fun story but he's not great and zach wilson is straight up bad and joe flacco you could just probably don't want to play anymore he's like i just need a paycheck but i don't want to get hit so no just keep putting those kids out there it's fine like they are a quarterback away from being a contender in this league so absolutely and i think that's what rogers would be looking for so, yes, it is a like I get it. Even if it's a one-two year thing and Rodgers doesn't work out, it's probably the smart move for the for the for the team to do anyway. Yeah, I think that's the way the the wind seems to be blowing at the minute. And we'll have to see how it plays out, but yeah, that is kind of the main moves. Um, obviously, we've talked an awful lot about it, but that, I think those kind of things, when you're into Dynasty, I think those are the things you have to be paying attention to. I think you have to be aware when offensive coordinators change, new head coaches come in, what kind of impact could this have on your, you know, on your 
rookies that you're excited about on the, you know, vets that are maybe going to get traded, things like that. You just have to pay attention to. So I think it was really important. Guys, got to be completely honest with you. Russ and I had such a great time talking trades in this next section. We talked for way too long. So like if I put it out as one episode, it would have been probably an hour and a half long episode. And I just figured that was a bit too much, too intense. So I'm splitting it into two episodes. This episode, obviously, introduction to Russ, if you don't know him, which again, if you don't know him, go follow him on Twitter at Dynasty Outhouse. Check out Trade Addicts Pod, all the good stuff he's involved in. Uh, But yeah, the introduction to Russ, and we just talked about those kind of incomings and outgoings, the coaching carousel. I think it is important to be up to date with those things and just formulate some thoughts and opinions of your own, what you think is good, bad, or ugly about those moves. But this next episode is going to be awesome. Definitely come back for that. Uh, We're just going to talk trades. I've got loads of questions lined up for Russ. Pick his brain about lots of different trade scenarios, just how to trade, when to trade, when not to trade, things like that. Uh, Being, you know, being good at trading or getting better at trading is such a a key part of Dynasty Fantasy Football, in my opinion, and in Russ's opinion. So it's a really fun episode. Definitely, definitely tag back in for that. Please, please, please make sure, subscribe, subscribe. Get those ratings and reviews in if you don't mind. It doesn't take very long. It's free to do. It means a lot to me. It helps the show. I appreciate each and every one of you. Have a great rest of your day. Great rest of your week. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We will talk to you next week. I draft zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver. Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those Arby's You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those Arby's on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate